You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast, the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. I am your humble host, Paul Campbell. I am flying solo this week. You guys are stuck with me. So uh, old, old Daddy Munts is down in, in the, the belly of the beast, Central Florida. Took the family down to Disneyland or World. I'm not sure which one it is. But man, the uh, the last message he sent me was was pray for me. So he actually put a pretty pretty funny uh, Instagram reel up on the account of him uh, spotting the only the only deer in Disneyland. So if you didn't get a chance to uh, check that out, take a look at that and find it on our Instagram. I think it's uh, the dot o two dot podcast uh, on there. So look uh looking looking forward to him being back, man. I you know this this I don't know how these guys do these solo solo podcasts. I'm literally like in my basement talking to myself so we're gonna get through it we got a great show for you guys this week big news we talked about it just briefly last week big event for us um june friday june 24th we've got dustin huff the guy that shot the largest deer ever in the united states he's coming to granville ohio he's going to do a live podcast with us he's going to do a live concert for you guys free of charge family friendly it's going to be at the granville brewery and tap room you can check out our instagram page we're gonna have some stuff up there soon but put that in your calendar man this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun I actually i was kind of annoyed i uh i i saw that that dustin appeared on the meat eater podcast today just released today um it's it was good i i haven't listened to it i out of out of creativity i guess i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen to it but man i'm excited it's gonna be a lot of fun dustin's a great uh great guy Great singer, awesome deer. He's going to bring the deer. The deer will be on display. So we'll start the show at six. You guys can walk around, get to meet Dustin, talk to him, see this giant deer that he uh, that he's bringing with him, and we'll start uh, the podcast in the 
and the concert at 7. So look forward to that. Friday, June 24th, check it out. So I, you know, I woke up today in the mood to give something away to you guys. So here's what we're going to do. Follow us on Instagram. We're going to put a post out. Uh, months will do that here in a few days when this thing goes live. But I've got a backcountry hunters and anglers hat. It's a rep your water hat. It's gray and black. It's got an awesome logo. It's got a trout. It's got an elk. It's got a mountain scene. You're going to get that hat if you if you comment on this post that we're going to do uh, on Instagram. You're also going to get a free one year membership to backcountry hunters and anglers. If you are not familiar with those guys, that organization, they are just doing unbelievable work their website backcountryhunters.org they're all about access and opportunity public lands waterways fair chase doing a ton of great work i really you know we've talked about it on the show the the days of of just buying a license and a tag and saying that i'm a conservationist those are over the threats are too great to the wildlife the threats are too great to public lands to our hunting heritage we got to do things extra we got to take those extra steps we got to get behind the organizations that are out there that are fighting day in and day out to uh you know to protect the things that we love so check those guys out backcountryhunters.org instagram comment on the post like it whatever it is share it, whatever you want to do we'll pick a winner uh next week next week's episode we'll reach out to you you get your free hat get your get your membership there so got to say thank you to our boys uh our folks down at go wild man one of the just an awesome group of people you've heard us talk about it they've got a big event coming up send it slam july 9th that's going to be awesome we got a whole crew going down there so really looking forward to that you can go to time to go wild.com find all of the information about send it slam you can also sign up for a free account you get 10 bucks they got a ton of stuff available for sale so give that a look it's uh it's my preferred social media you guys know where i'm at on that i'm not going to go any farther than that but time to go wild.com check it out find us on there o2 podcast paul campbell uh give it a look so archery hike we got that uh that event coming up months and i will be there friday july 15th the event is friday saturday and sunday friday's a, a full day saturday there's a there's a ton of people that are going to be there for that event still some spots available for sunday so you can check out Instagram or Facebook, just search Archery Hike, or you can email archeryhike at gmail.com. Talk to our buddy Justin Ross. He'll get you he'll get you squared away. So that's gonna be a, a, a real good event. So tethered. Can't wait. Still waiting. Stuff's in stock. So if you've got if you want to get a saddle, now's the time to do it. It's in stock. Pick it up. Don't wait. You don't want to wait until everyone starts buying their stuff in, in, in August in the in the rush. Get it in, get some practice. They are doing a teach and train event August 27th in Columbus. I, I'm assuming that's going to be Advances. I know Vance is a big, a, a big retailer of those. So, so keep an eye out for that. I'm sure you can check their social medias. Um, there'll be some good stuff there. So, Firstlight.com. I just ordered a catalyst system. I can't wait for that to get here. It's going to be here in a couple of days. They got, uh, they do have some products that are on backstock, so we're still waiting, waiting on that. But if you want to get into that first light gear check it out get on the website firstlight.com you are not going to be disappointed i promise you that so um let's see news what do we got for news so i you know i can't remember if we talked about this last week and, and months is like the brandon child behind this operation but spring turkey numbers we're going to just go over those real quick i know the state released them um i think the day that we recorded uh our last episode but if you haven't seen them um 
2022, the harvest, 11,872 bearded wild turkeys were, were taken in the state of Ohio. The three-year average is 17,173. So obviously a huge drop. We've talked to Mark Wiley. We, you know, we've all talked about the loss of turkeys um, in not just this state but around the country. We know the reasons why. We've talked about it on the show. We needed to see this drop. So be optimistic about the direction that the wild turkey in our state is going. I saw personally saw a ton of jakes, which is what we needed to see. We knew that there wasn't going to be a lot of uh, mature birds on the landscape this year. I've talked to Mark Wiley. He is happy with, with the reports uh, that, are, that are coming in from the surveys. If you, if you did hunt this year, you most likely got a wild turkey uh, hunter survey. I would encourage you to fill that out. It takes, you know, five or 10 minutes. Take the time. They do ask, you know, specifically like what days that you hunted. If you don't remember that, just do your best guess to, you know, to, to, to get the date close. If you remembered your interactions with the birds, toms, hens, gobbling activity, whatever, just really take your time. That is an important tool for the state DNR guys like Mark Wiley when they're looking at turkey populations and, and regulations and everything. So take the time. If you got that, check your email. If you didn't, I'm sure you can call the DNR and, 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 and they'll get something. But, you know, be, be optimistic. There's, I think, I really feel like the vile turkey population in the state is headed in the right direction. So be good. So eh, the other thing I saw in the news that, uh, that's, that's kind of popping up, the Recovering America's Wildlife Act. So this is a, this is a huge bill. It's, it's kind of stalled out in Congress. Um, it's actually it's so it's it's the largest investment in, li- in wildlife conservation in in a hundred years, and so this money is going from from the federal government and it's going to help fund state agencies across this country to assist in implementing uh, the wildlife action plan. So pretty important, obviously. Um, I'm sure there's some dumb stuff in that bill, but when it comes down to it, I you know the last couple bills that have passed has been pretty good, putting a lot of effort. And a lot of uh, you know focus on wildlife conservation and public land access, not just in the state through, but you know throughout the out the country. So that's that's important stuff. And you know I, I cannot I cannot stress that enough that we just have to look as hunters in the state of Ohio. We have to look at what we can do individually. If it's just a financial donation, if it's volunteering. Uh, to help out an organization, National Wild Turkey Federation, Deer Association, BHA, Nature Conservancy, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There's a ton of events every year. We're going to talk. We, we we did an interview just the other day with a guy from Upper Arlington that is doing unbelievable work with waterway work and, and waterway cleanup here in in the state. So that's the stuff we all need to look at. So if you can do it, if you have the time, if you have the energy, the money, whatever it is, I you know do it. You're not going to be sorry. So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool thing there with the uh, Recovering America's Wildlife Act. Um, check it out. So, Meteor actually had a pretty good write up. You can you can check it out on their website. But there's there's a ton a ton of information uh, on this if you want to if you if you really feel so inclined to do it. It's it's called RAWA R A W A. So there you go. But as far as me. I shot my bow for the first time in a long time. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's been like five or six years since I've had a shooting session like this. And to the point that, and maybe it's bad form. I don't know. I need to Google how not to suck as as an archery shooter. But um, 
damn, does my shoulder hurt. I mean, this is I'm, – I'm recording this on Monday night. I shot Saturday. And, you know, it could be that I'm almost 40, you know. I, we'll, we'll blame that, not poor form. But it felt good. I really enjoyed it. Got me really motivated for – for deer season getting up in that tethered saddle here soon and and man just just getting focused on that so something that i you know we've talked about it i've kind of kind of lost the passion for for deer hunting really kind of latched on to to waterfowl hunting and and turkey hunting obviously but you know i will say this is the first deer season that i'm looking forward to and uh first archery season and and a long time so cannot cannot wait for that so so today's episode, um, I don't know what the hell we're going to name this episode. I might name it the live descent into madness, but man, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. So we're doing like a live concert series. Talked about Dustin Huff earlier, June 24th. He's coming in, singing some songs for us. We had a live concert and podcast interview a couple weeks ago, back in April, I think end of April we did, we interviewed, uh, Alan Carl. Uh, Alan Carl is, is an Ohio guy. He's born and raised in New Jersey, lives in Mount Vernon now. He he was an American Idol was finalist, American Idol finalist. Uh, dude is a badass. I mean, he if you if you like country music, you like some good hunting stories. Hearing about Nashville and what some of these guys go through, this is this is this was a great episode. So we did this at the Granville Brewery. We had I don't know twenty five thirty people. Um, so you'll you'll hear some background noise. Uh, the audio was 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 pretty good. Uh, my brother Craig did a, did a good job mixing it for us, keeping us uh, in line, but. So I'm not, I'm not a big drinker. I will just say that right now. So I practice what I like to call excess in moderation. So instead of drinking like one or two beers a night, once a year I'll drink 40 beers. Well, it just so happened that this interview night was my 40 beer night. And so it started out good. Um, I, got a little, I got a little cranked up. Drank a little beer. Had, man, it was it was just so much fun. But so you'll hear the descent into madness. Months showed up drunk. He had a nice big old big old work uh, work event. So damn, that was fun. Alan Carl was just he's just so good, man. The guy knows how to work a crowd. Great voice, ton of energy. Um, if there's anyone in this world that deserves to be at the top where they want to be, it's Alan Carl. I mean, that dude has been grinding for a couple years now, and man, he's got all the talent in the world. So was really gracious uh, with his time, so, so really enjoyed that. So check that out, man. Listen to the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. Make fun of us. Make fun of us on Instagram. Make fun of us on Go Wild. Um, I, I, I express my love for a certain singer, female singer, that I'm not going to tell you. It's towards the end of the show. you got to listen to it. Uh, my wife was there, so it was fun. It was a damn good time. So talk a little hunting, talk a little Nashville, sing some songs. Do some good stuff. So, Alan, thanks for your time, man. Best of luck to you. And, uh, you know, to you guys listening, man, I, I have to say thank you. Um, this is our 35th episode today uh, that dropped. And, man, the, the response the um, that we've gotten, the love from you guys, has been been tremendous. I, I, I personally have had an absolute blast doing this podcast, meeting everybody, the people that we get to meet. And you know, and you know, just talking to you guys, talking to listeners, interacting with you guys, man, I, I I really appreciate it. And if you can make it out June 24th, or if you can make it out to the archery hike on July 15th, do it. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to shake your hand. You know, have a beer with you at the Dustin Huff thing. I'm not going to drink too many. I'm going to have one during the show. That's it. But uh, 
you know, I, I just I can't express my my thanks and gratitude to you guys enough. So if uh, if you could give us a review on Apple, Spotify, Android, wherever you listen to this podcast and follow us on Instagram, the podcast. Love to interact with you guys on there. Follow us on on uh, Go Wild O2 podcast. Check us out on the website, the O2 podcast dot com. But uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you June 24th. See you guys. We are at the Granville Brewery, Brewery and Tap Room. We've got country music singer Alan Carl. Alan's from Ohio, What's lives up? here. No, no, Appreciate you up? coming out, man. Yes, sir. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So we started this show in August of 2021, and the response has been like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I never expected people to like listen to the show. It's so weird. It is really weird. So I appreciate everyone for listening. I want to thank Go Wild, time to go wild.com. Download it, free 10 bucks. Absolutely. Who else? You do. You always do the other one. You do it. What? No, Tethered, homie. What are we doing, dude? We got two of them. I love hanging from the tree. I mean, that's uh, up in my saddle. Tetherednation.com. Tethered that's all we're going to do. Tetherednation.com. It's good stuff. So, so Alan, let's, let's, uh, I want to dive in, man. You're, sure. I got to see you in concert um, earlier, like late 2021. It was it was an awesome time. It's my first concert since COVID started, or you know, started up, and I feel like a ton of people that were there. It was the same thing. It was the first concert in a long time, and it was an awesome show at, at Flanagan. So, so let's start out, man. Like, where, where? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Wrightstown, New Jersey. It's a rural area of New Jersey. A lot of people think it's like concrete jungles, but it ain't. Um, I grew up on a soybean farm, 32-acre soybean farm, connected to my grandparents. And uh, at a young age, I started hunting and fishing. Uh, my dad would take me out with the hunting club and everything like that. Um, just, I don't know. There's not not much to talk about, I guess. Okay, um, just a normal American country boy life. Tell us, tell us about New Jersey, because when I think about New Jersey, I do think country or uh, concrete jungle, right? Right. I think about... Newark, smelling bad, and like right. all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but there's obviously a hunting component there. And oh, we, yeah. I've heard about the bear season being banned oh, from yeah. the, the current Black governor, bear. Black Bear Band. Yep. You know. So, what is, what, what's, the, what's the demographic look like in, as far as, or the geography look like in New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Do you have area to hunt and oh, harvest yeah. and everything? Yeah. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of farms where I live, um, and just recently, I'd say over the past 15 years in New Jersey, um, you know, they started building a lot more, and if you look at what New Jersey is called, it's called the Garden State, so it's called that for a reason, because it's super green, we do soybean, corn, a bunch of stuff, uh, I got a lot of buddies back in New Jersey that hunt, and, um, the deer are decently big, surprisingly. You got some big deer walking around. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I killed a nine-point on our property back in Jersey. and um, But now now my family doesn't live there anymore. My uh, mom and dad actually moved to Kentucky, and they bought 100 acres in Kentucky, so I hunt Kentucky now. So, But for Jersey, it's not it's not too, too big of a city area. It just depends on where you go. You know what I mean? It's just either it's going to be – Southern Jersey or Northern Jersey, and Northern Jersey is usually the city part. Southern Jersey is more of a farm area. So, um, 
but yeah, I grew up hunting, fishing, and uh, just being in the outdoors and loving doing that. Who who taught you how to hunt? Was your dad, yeah, your my granddad? Dad. Okay. My dad, my grandfather, yep. Okay, so so you did you start out like hunting squirrels or rabbits, or did you dive right into deer? Dive right into deer. Okay, how old were you when you when you did that? Um, at a young age, I'd go out with my dad. My dad would never let me shoot. He'd just be like, "Watch what I do." So when I turned about fourteen or fifteen, me and my brother went and we got our bow license. We took the test and everything like that, and. Uh, we said, you know what, we're just going to go out. We bought some bows, some cheapos, you know, and uh, we went out there, and we went out on our property, and um, my brother shot a six-point, and I shot, I think it was it was a spike. It was my first deer. And, uh, how, how old were you again? I was probably 16. Okay. 15 or 16. I think the legal is 15 in Jersey. But um, so I'm up in the deer stand, and it was a pre-made deer stand. My brother and I would uh, – you know, we'd build a lot of deer stands, box blinds, stuff like that. Um, and there was just one pallet deer stand that we built with railroad ties. And we stuck it in a tree. And uh, that's where I started, like, right out of that deer stand. That's where I got my first deer. And I'll tell you a little story on that. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, it's early in the morning. My back's against a tree, and I start dozing off. I think every hunter has done that in the deer stand. And uh, I'm dozing off, and I hear this through the woods. And I, my eyes pop open. And I grab my bow and I stand up and I see this spike coming. Now, mind you, I'm 15 years old. It's my first deer. And uh, I was all jacked up. So I'm shaking like a leaf. And I pull my bow back and he's coming out into the, uh, I think it was an alfalfa field. Come out into the alfalfa field and he's eating. And I said, when he pulls his head up, I'm going to smack him right where it hurts. You know, right behind the shoulder. So I got my bow, pulled back, let her eat. Goes right to the deer, right? Smacks the deer. I blink, and I don't even see the deer anymore. I don't even see the deer. I get out of the deer stand. I call up my dad. I just shot a deer. And I call my brother. And our family's pretty redneck country. My dad comes down on the tractor. And he's like, Where'd you sh- where, where's it at? I said, it's in the middle of the alfalfa field. He goes over to He says, well, where did you hit it? I said, I, I thought I hit it behind the shoulder. And he goes, well, I don't see no entry or exit hole on either side of the deer. So I go and pick up the head. Sure as shit. That arrow is sticking right outside, right into the center of that skull of that deer, right between the eyes. Pow! Drop that sucker like a bad habit. And uh, that was my first deer that I ever got. And honestly, it, it, was, a, it was a good... It was a good first story and a good first deer, I swear. So you, so you grew up in Jersey, grew up hunting. So did your family move to Kentucky? Did you go with them, or did you no, – when, when did that happen? So they moved to Kentucky about two years ago. Okay. Um, and they're going to be starting to build on the property. They built, like, this little tiny home to stay in for the time being. Um, but every now and then, it's, you know, it's closer to Ohio, so it's easier for me to go down and see them. They moved two years ago. I – got out of New Jersey, and I left that in the dust when I was 18 years old. And I moved to Nashville, Tennessee when I was 18. So, so when did you when did you start playing guitar? So, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and we'll get to, I guess, the American Idol thing and everything like that. Yeah. But it's kind of spo- crazy. Don't spoil it, Alan. Right. When I was 10 years old, uh, I was watching American Idol, and I think it was the first season with um, 
Kelly Clarkson or something like that. I think she was the first season. And I was 10 years old, and my brother was next to me, my sister. I think my other brother was doing something else. But anyway, we're in the living room, and I said, you know, I could do that. And they were like, no, you can't. No, you can't. And so I started singing Ain't No Mountain High Enough. If you guys know that song. Ain't no mountain high enough. So I started singing that to them, and they were like, what? They're like, we didn't know you could sing that, so I started singing in school. Then I was on my worship team. I went to church a lot. Um, I went to a private school. I started out in private school. And uh, I actually graduated from that private school. But, um, yeah, we'd do, like, uh, I'd be in the band and stuff at worship team and uh, at church and stuff. Um, so 10 years old, I started singing. At 14 years old, we went on a trip. My dad's in a motorcycle ministry. And uh, we had a rally down in, uh, I think it was Sevierville, Tennessee. And there was a little shop that had um, acoustic guitars all around. And I said, you know what? The next time I come down here, I'm going to go buy one. I was 14 years old. I saved up $250 cash. And I walked into the place in Sevierville, Tennessee. And I said, you know what? I really want an acoustic guitar. Didn't know how to play guitar at the time. I had like this little ion knockoff Chinese guitar, you know, with a little lamp. And I never really learned how to play it. But I said, if I get an acoustic guitar... I'll probably learn how to play it because I'll have more of a, I don't know, like a, a more desire to play it. So I went into that shop and I said to the owner, I said, hey, I got $250. I really like a guitar. He said, oh, he's like, I don't know if we got any that are that cheap. I said, well, it's my first guitar. My mom and dad were kind of talking to him and stuff like that. And uh, I went over to the wall and, I, and he said, well, which one do you like? And I said, well, which one's closer to 250 and he goes, well, it would be that one. I said, well, how much is that? He said, 350 And I said, well, I only got 250 He said, you really want that one? I said, yeah, I really do. I'm 14 years old. He goes, okay, I'll give it for you. $250, acoustic guitar, with the case, hard case. He said, 250 bucks out the door for you. I said, awesome. So what did I do? When I got back to Jersey, when I got back home, I got on YouTube, and I learned the four basic chords, which is G, D, E minor, and C. And almost every song, if you, if you, you, you can literally make every song G, C, D, E minor. Like, different variations. Smoke on the water. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I went home and I got on YouTube and I learned how to play guitar. And then, you know, being in worship team and church and stuff, kind of like honed my skills. And to tell you the truth, I was in a punk rock band back in high school. I was the lead singer in a punk rock band. And some of the shows that I do, I'll do some lit songs. I'll do some, uh, you know, my own worst enemy kind of thing. I played last week in Columbus, Ohio um, at a place called Standard Live. And what a hell of a time. It was great. Um, we sang a few of those songs. And the crowd just goes wild over that stuff. So I like to, I'm a people pleaser. I'm a crowd pleaser. I'm an entertainer. And that's what I like to do. I just like to get people in a different setting and, put a smile on their face and have them have a good time if they're coming out to one of my shows. And uh, so, yeah, that's where I kind of learned everything. I uh, learned singing when I was 10, learned guitar when I was 14, and uh, and then it went from there. It was just kind of like a rocket, and it just went to the moon and hasn't stopped since. I think we're almost out of the galaxy right now, but it's uh, it's going to hit sometime. So let's let's do this. I want, if you're ready, I'd like, to, I'd like for you to play a song. Sure. And then I want to dive into American Idol, 
Nashville, that culture and everything that, that you went through. So what song are you going to play for us? Uh, I'm going to play you guys a song. Um, this is a five minutes. Well, I wrote this song in five minutes. Um, it's about an old classic car. Uh, I have a nine, 94 Dodge van. It's a B250. And uh, I was on my way to uh, Nashville, Tennessee for a showcase uh, at Bus Call in Nashville to showcase. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I wrote the song in five minutes, and uh, it's called All Time Classic. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to get all set up. Good deal. Check key. On to you. All right, y'all. This one's called All Time Classic. Well, she says it's so worn out, ain't worth a damn. It's rush the floorboards begging for another chance oh, It's got some miles, it's got some years Been through hell, burned some gears It's her last and it's filled tears Cause it's an all-time classic Rolling on a radio place A little bit of static Windows down, it feels a breeze Like a bad habit It wants to have it And dice in the rear view looking back It's an all-time We stays around cause we can't let it go oh, The time we spend will never ever grow on and Just one more shot for old time's sake Wanna burn these tires from state to state Leave a mark on our legacy Cause it's an all time classic Rolling on the radio plays A little bit of static Windows down, it feels the breeze Like a bad habit It wants to have it Dice from the rear view looking back oh, It's an all-time classic Smell the gas, pedal to the floor, going fast. Takes me back to the past. Cause it's an all time classic. Rolling on a radio place, a little bit of static. Windows down, it feels the breeze. 
So f- five minutes. That's Wrote how long that it took you to write that song. Minutes. So I always like to say it's not me writing the songs. I got help from the man upstairs. So, so like, do you, do you just like see something and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna write a country song about that, and it just happens. Like how? Because I'm an idiot when it comes to something like that. I, I couldn't write a country <laughs> song to save my uh, any. I I could write a limerick right. to save my life. So. so the process behind that goes, you really have to have a creative mind for things of that nature. Um, and we won't. Just go ahead and laugh at that. I spilled <laughs> beer all over myself. It looks like I pissed my pants. Everyone is laughing. No, I don't want that. I'm going to sit here in my shame. Don't give me that towel. Please for, forgive me. For continue. Everybody, continue everybody with this. Here. We're not editing out. That's, that's actually really funny. So, <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. Um. So good one, Paul. Yeah, so good one. I have a, a creative mind uh, when it comes to melodies and stuff like that, but it's not always on point every day. You know, it's not like I can just sit down and write a song. I got to be inspired. I have to have the creative juices going. Um, and I always wanted to write a song. My dad had an '86 Dodge, and it was a single cab, square body, and he loved that truck. He loved that truck, and I love that truck. And I. Uh, I always, I always was one for the old school. You know, I always liked old school stuff. I have um, my, gl- my sunglasses. I got two pairs of sunglasses that are vintage. I got a jacket that's vintage. I got a vest that's vintage. I got. We saw that jacket earlier, and Paul got really <laughs> jealous. Uh, jacket. Really jealous. Jealous. You can sell that for $1,000. I was like, right? Well, maybe one day. <laughs> Ashley, look out. Paul's getting that jacket. But, yeah, so, you know, and then I got this 94 Dodge Ram, and I just really was inspired by that. It's got a. I put dice on the uh, um, on the mirror, on the rearview mirror, and I put dice on the um, valve stems of the tires. And uh, you know, I just—you thought you were badass, oh, didn't man. you? I, were you dri- driving around whatever little town you were living in? Like I am the shit. Well, in my, in my dad's truck, uh, I thought I was the shit. Like, but I was super young. My dad had that truck. Um, I drive around. Um, I drive around like the property and stuff, and uh, I'd have a good time driving all my dad's lap and stuff. And he'd be doing the pedals, and I'd be steering. And um, it's kind of like that Alan Jackson song, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but, what do you, what do you, like when you're when you're when the song is developing in your mind and your soul? What do you, what do you hear first, man? Do you hear the music or do you hear the words, or is it does it change? I hear the melody. So hear the melody. I'll be I'll be riding around, or hell, I'll be in a deer stand, or I'll be on a bank fishing. And uh, something will come through my mind. Like, I could probably pick up my guitar and make a song right now if I wanted to. With 
just the surroundings of this bar, the atmosphere, the people talking to you guys, I could come up with something on the spot like that. Melody, lyrics, everything. I really could. I mean, would it be a number one hit? It could be. But we don't know. I mean, you know, I love this bar. <laughs> Talk about me spilling place. beer and peeing myself in public. So let's just. So so you you, you start playing music. You get your you yeah. get your guitar. You you whittle this guy down from three fifty to two fifty. You start playing music. You're getting better. You're getting better. So wh when do you start going out and saying, you know, what, I want to be a musician. Right. I want to get paid to play music. I want people to hear my music. Right. When does that start? So, you know, you you always heard like. Oh, there's no money in music. You know, you can't make money in music. That's a load of crap because we listen to guys on the radio all day. I mean, you know, there's musicians that make hand over fist money doing it. But for me, it's not about the money. I never got into it because of the money. I got it because it was a God-given gift, and I wanted to express that to everybody around me. So when I was about 16 or 17, I would go around town in New Jersey, and I'd go to different towns and stuff, and I'd play. And it was very sparse. Um, I'd probably play like, I don't know, four times a year, you know, and also do my job on the weeks, you know, during the week. And um, it was only when I turned 18 and I graduated high school that I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and I actually pursued it as something that was a staple in my life that I really wanted to express to people. So, so, so you moved to Nashville specifically like you had this thought, this dream, I want to be a country music star. So that's the thing, you know. Everybody's like, if you're a country singer, you need to be in Nashville. You need to be in Nashville. Now, back in the day, that's probably was true. But right now, that's not true. Sorry, you, Nashville, but it's yeah, not true. YouTube, Instagram, all the socials TikTok, changed the game. TikTok's yeah. the biggest thing in the game right now. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, people are getting famous off of TikTok. Paul, we really need to get you on TikTok. Just yeah. gagging on I turkey calls? You, could, you so. could do it. I think it'd be great. Uh, I mean, uh, you could redo uh, the skit of you pouring the beer on yourself. It'd be hilarious to go viral. So, so you get to you get to Nashville, man. You, you you're just like every other person. Who, who was it? Was it Hank that talked about riding into into Nashville in the Cadillac? Who who? There was a country song talking about George Strait. And Hank did a song or something. I'm I'm butchering this up, but but basically what it did was is like you're riding into Nashville right. and you are like. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be famous. Right. This is my goal. That's right. David so, Allen Coe. You're thinking. Was it David? Dave, was it David Allen Coe? Okay. The ride, baby. The so, ride. The ride. That's it. That's exactly right. So, so when you get there, when did like how did how did it go when you when you first get there? Were you, I mean, were you like like playing your guitar on the side of the street, man, just trying that's to exactly it. yeah. So, um, so I, I came into Nashville, Tennessee, thinking I was gonna be the biggest shit going, and it humbles you really quick. You get there, and. Uh, I always say to people, I always say, Nashville is a big ocean, and it's filled with fish. It is filled to the brim with fish that can do the same shit that you do, you know? And I'm kind of glad that I'm in Ohio, and we'll, we'll go over that and stuff like that, but I'm kind of glad I'm in Ohio because I kind of see myself as a big fish in a small pond. And you get recognized when you're a big fish in a small pond than when you're amongst bigger fish, you know what I mean? So that was kind of my headspace but when I was 18 I thought I was the bee's knees and I walked into Nashville Tennessee drove in there and um, I didn't know what to do I didn't know where to start what to do so I just saw everybody else I saw these people playing on the side of the street and they were making money at it and I said well I need a job and that's something that I can make money off of so I went on 2nd Avenue caddy corner to Hard Rock Cafe right on 2nd and uh, shameless plug I was with my buddy Greg Pratt when we first started, we first came to the city pretty much together, and another guy named Josh Ford. 
And uh, we were on 2nd Avenue, and it was just us three. I started out on 2nd Avenue by myself. I had my guitar case open, and I'd play for tips. And that's how I'd get by for like two years. How much money were you making? I mean, because like you yeah. walk by people in New Orleans or Nashville, right. and you're like, "Here's a dollar." And you always wonder, like, how much? Right. Like, are you surviving? Are you eating? Yeah, you're eating. You're surviving. You you know you can pay pay for your place every month. You got to do it religiously. You got to do it every day. I mean, weekends too. Um, you know, and I, I'd bring home sometimes over a hundred dollars a day. I'd I bring home sometimes over two hundred dollars a day. You know what I mean? It's just you know the tourism down there is so thick that it's easy to make some bucks, and especially when you're I'm not saying I'm, you know, God's, give, you know, God's gift to the earth on singing, but, you know, I, I do pretty well for myself. So, and and I hone my craft in enough to where I could make it work for myself and make a living out of it. So, yeah, I was on Second Avenue. I had my guitar case open and I played for tips and I'd get by. And then, um, an, uh, one guy came by one day and uh, he knew Justin Moore and Dustin Lynch's manager, and uh, which Pete Hart's on. Sorry, Pete, but I'm going to put your name out there. Anyway, um, so this guy knew him, and he goes, what's your name? And I said, my name's Alan Carl. And he goes, now, mind you, I'm 18 years old, 18, 19 years old. And he goes, I love that song that you were just got done playing. It was one of mine. It was an original song. And he goes, I really like that song. I really like to have you sit down with somebody tomorrow and play that song for him. Did your head explode when oh, he yeah. said that? You know, you're like, this is it. This is the moment I've been waiting exactly. for. Exactly. And H- had that happened before? No, that was the first time. So it was it was mind blowing. And but my dad's a retired police officer, so he always told me. He said, "Everybody's got some bullshit." You know what I mean? Everybody's gonna feed you something if they want you that bad. And uh, over the years, I've learned to sniff that out pretty good. But at the time, I was young, and. Uh, he was like, yeah, I'll pick you up tomorrow. Without hesitation, I said, pick me up tomorrow? I said, which, like, in my head, I'm like, what, what's this guy about? And I said, okay. He said, look me up. You know, Google me. I said, all right. So I Googled him. He was a songwriter in town. But I still kept my blade on me in my pocket. I was like, if this dude catches, and tries to do anything, I mean, it's going to go down. So anyway, really super nice guy. Um, and he takes me to Barry Hill, where um, L3 Entertainment is. And we go into the office, and we sit down, and I actually wrote a song with these two guys, Pete Hartung and um, the other guy. I forget what his name is. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah. He probably actually, doesn't listen anyway, so yeah, it's okay. I mean, well, he could. I, who knows? You know? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we actually wrote some songs. We had a few meetings with them. And this was like, you know, as I was walking out of the places, I'd come in contact with different artists, big artists and stuff like that. And just kind of talk to them, get a little wisdom and knowledge from them. I was young, and I really wanted to learn and know the business as well as I could. And, uh, you know, from there, I guess I just really fell in love with doing it and making money at it. Um, but, but doing it because I love to do it, and I had a passion for it. And um, so after that, I just kept on doing what I was doing on the street. And the one thing that um, I was told from a higher up in the business, was never play Broadway. Never play Broadway down in Nashville. Now, I'm not knocking anybody who does it. You know, that's great great for them. My buddy Greg Pratt does it. But 
um, for me, it just wasn't a situation that I wanted to be in. When you say don't play Broadway, is that uh, like in the bars on Broadway? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's like the, that's like place. tourist area in Nashville, right? Yes. Broadway. Okay. Yes. So you, so you want like the goal is the Ryman, I would imagine. The only thing I remember in Nashville yeah. was Broadway. <laughs> that's because we're from <laughs> for Ohio. Like the first we're, four hours. Yeah. We're tourists down there months. So yeah, I mean, from there, I uh, kept on playing. On the streets of Broadway, not in the honky tonks, but uh, the streets. And then I got a job, big time boots on Broadway, and I started working there and um, just got, trying to save up money. And then from there, I got an opportunity to go on tour with somebody. And at you know, at the moment that I was in Nashville, I'd do songwriter nights. I'd write with people um, and stuff like that, trying to get my credentials up, portfolio going. And uh, so I was in Nashville for about five four to five years and I went on tour with a guy from Ohio so I got on tour with a guy and I don't want to name any names but anyway I was on tour with him for about a year and um, it was great I mean it was great you know I, I was able to open for him and stuff and um, it wasn't too great on my pocket but that's that's neither here nor there um, just the exposure just at that the point. exposure yeah. you know and that's and the promotion of my name being out there, that's all I cared about. That's all I cared about. So were you playing your own songs, or were you doing like a combo, like covers and yeah. your own songs? Yeah, I would do like some covers. I'd do my own songs. Uh, and I'd only play for like 30 minutes. So it, 30 minutes is like six or seven songs, you know, without talking and bullshitting to the crowd. How does that work when you're, when you're up and coming? Like, you want to get the crowd into it, right? But you want them to know songs that are, you know, get into songs they know, right? Right. But you don't want to just play covers. Okay, my brother's in music a little bit, and like uh, a lot of it, but I know he loves to play his own songs. But at the same time, you want people to, like, nobody can, can deny that when you get a song right. going that's right. So how do you how do you balance that? Yeah, so, um, wow. To get a song out there to the people, obviously you got to write songs. Um, and obviously you want to play as many original songs as you can, but you also want to capture the audience with, um, you want to, <laughs> no, you're good. You want to, you want to capture the audience, you know, with a, a cover. You want somebody to know the songs that you're singing. You know what I mean? You want to, you want to, you know, I always start off with like a Morgan Wallen song nowadays because, you know. Morgan Wallen's the hottest thing going in country music right now, and he's got some badass songs out. And uh, I always start out with, like, a whiskey glasses or something just to get everybody involved and to get their attention. Get their attention, right. exactly. So you do, like, two or three covers, and then you throw original in there. You say, this is one of my songs. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all that cool stuff, Apple Music. Um, and you just you throw it out there, you know? And then as people listen to your songs and you have them out there for a couple more years and years and years, then people start singing them back to you. And then you can start out with your own songs. You know what I mean? Uh, one of my one of my um, one of my songs that's a good crowd pleaser is feeling it now. Everybody loves to go whoa in the bridge, coming right out of the chorus. And um, you know that's that's like a crowd pleaser. It's, it's fun. It's knowing your customer. I mean, that's it. it's no different than that's what I it. do every day. You know, day. back in the day um, when I was 18, 19, I had management's tell asking me who is Alan Carl, and at the time I didn't really know. Right now I can tell you. And Alan Carl is a country singer. He's a badass. And he if you want it, if you want to come to a show, you're gonna party. You're gonna party. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm gonna get you in it. If you're having a bad day, if you're having a bad day, come to an Alan Carl show. 
You're gonna your mood's gonna change. Let's let's do let's do a party song. Can we do that right now? We can. We, can we do? I, I mean, you don't have your whole band here, but we can do a party song, right? Let's try. get the let's get everyone turned around looking at you. So, what do we want? A little Midnight Train to Memphis, Chris Stapleton. That was good. Yeah, Tennessee whiskey, Midnight Train, whatever you're feeling, man. All right. Let me see if I can find my pick real quick. I don't know where it's at. Got, we've got some dead air, so he's looking for his guitar pick. So Well, I'll have to play with my fingers now. So <laughs> Turkey call. I usually use my credit card. But. <laughs> so we do a midnight train in Memphis? Do it, man. Whatever you feel. Whatever you feel. All right. Whatever, whatever you soul. Well, now drugs look down, gave me 40 days. It's still the fine that I could not pay. Said, walk right, you'll soon be on. Yeah, cross the line, you'll be on your own. 40 days. What's that day? Midnight train to Memphis. Well, now whistle blows till the sun comes out. Yeah, hit the floor, keep a big mouth shut. We eat your breakfast on the ground. And I walk like hell till the sun goes down. Forty days. Midnight train to Memphis. So you're in you're in Nashville. You're struggling. At what point did you leave Nashville, and why? So I left Nashville. I was on a I was on tour with a guy from Ohio, and the uh, reason I left was um, opportunity. I was I was told shows and merch would be you know in my future and stuff. So I did it, and um, you know I was going for my dreams and my goals and stuff, and played um, 
House of Blues in uh, Cleveland, and then I, we played uh, a show in Michigan. And uh, after that, I really didn't hear from the guys at all. Um, and kind of just kind of petered out. And uh, and I was kind of, I was left there. Um, I was left in Mount Vernon. Uh, I was sleeping on a buddy's floor at the time, and I did that for so, about three months. So how did you end up in Mount Vernon? Nashville, New, Jer- New Jersey, right. Nashville. Like, what, what, what brought you there? Um, I had, had befriended a buddy of mine, Austin Pagani, um, in Mount Vernon, and um, he used to come out to shows a lot. And I was on my way to Ohio, and things didn't work out where I could stay with the artist or stay with the manager. And um, so I hit him up, and I was like, hey, man, you mind if I crash at your place? said, I really have no place to stay, but I really want to further my career and stuff. And he's like, yeah, sure. At the time, we were young, and he's like, let me ask my mom. So he goes and asks his mom, and she said yes. And I, uh, I slept on his floor for like two months, three months. And then he went to the Army, and then um, another family um, that always came out to shows, and um, their son, uh, we, I befriended their family and their son, and he used to come out and play acoustic guitar for me and um, the Prokopchaks and... Um, and then when my buddy went to the Army, they said, hey, we don't want you to leave Ohio. We want you to stay. And um, so from there, they had, like, we call it the Deer Barn. And it was where, back in the day, all the guys that would come hunt the property would stay in that barn. And uh, so, and it was, like, all set up. You know, it's a party barn. You know, they got a bar. They got TV, couches, stuff like that. They got a room, bathroom, stuff like that. Um, and... Uh, so I stayed in there for about two or three years. Um, but coming back to me first go- getting to Ohio, um, like I said, I was sleeping on the floor. And um, and I really didn't know a direction to go. I don't know Mount Vernon. I didn't know Ohio at the time. All I knew was this right here, this guitar in my lap and uh, the voice that I have. And I picked that both of those things up, and I went to a bar, and I went to the local venues, and I said, hey, I'll play for anything you can give me. I said, whatever and they said we'll play us a song so i played them a song and they said yeah we'll book you i said all right and they said um how, how about four hours and i said four hours wow so all right yeah i'll do it i didn't even know if i could fill four hours right. <laughs> you're you're at this point you're not saying no to literally That's anything right. right i mean you know i was at a point in my life where i was on the low you know i was i was really wondering you know where my break was coming or where the money was coming in to where i could support myself and uh, it just got to a point where, you know, you wake up one morning, and you're just like, this is my life, and I have to make it all count. So that's what I did. I, I got up, and I took my stuff, and I went to the local bars and the local venues, and they booked me for four hours for 100 bucks, 100 bucks, $100, man. And, but that was okay with me because I was able to put gas in my truck, and I was able to do things and, you know, eat and still have a, place, uh, a roof over my head and stuff like that. Um, so that's what I did. I started doing that, and then I've been in Ohio for about five or six years, five years, five or six years now, and, um, you know, I've opened up for a lot of big people and uh, got my name out there, and I'm on your guys' podcast. I mean, it's number one in the country. This is, this is your peak right here. This, we're, we're, is, this is it. We're, we're we top are top 5% in the world. Top 5% in the world. Uh, so, okay, so seriously, though, you're from New Jersey. You went to Nashville. Yeah. You just had a buddy in Ohio? I mean, like, I love Ohio because I've been here my whole life, but... Uh, so the artist that I was on tour with, he was from Columbus, Ohio. So that's when, why I got in Ohio. When you left Nashville, were you, like, just totally dejected? Like, you know what, man, this isn't going to work out? Or were you like, you know what, this is going to work. I got to grind harder. Well, like, this was the thing. You know, I really trusted the guys that I was on tour with to help me out. And uh, 
and I really trusted them. And um, but you know, people are people, and you know, sometimes you can trust people, and sometimes you can't. And uh, things just didn't work out. It was just the cards I was dealt in life, and I can't. You can't go back and be like, oh, I wish that was changed, and I wish it went different. Because honestly, I wish it didn't. I'm glad that it happened, and I'm glad I got the knowledge and the wisdom from it to move forward and actually know what to look for and what not to look for. So it really helped me. Let's do let's do another song, if you're all right, and then I want to jump into the next chapter of your life, if that's all right. So sure. what do you what do you want to play? You want to play an original? Do you want to play some a cover? What do you want to do, man? What are you feeling? Oh, I'll do an original. Let's do it. What are you playing? I'm going to play the song that I wrote with one of my good buddies, Bobby McLam, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, back in 2015, wrote this song, and it's called God's Country. This one goes out to our military, our first responders, EMTs, everybody who's at the front lines of society, keeping us safe, and for us to be here and actually able to do this. So this one goes out to them. It's called God's Let's Country. Let's do it. This off my chest, can you will me understand what's going on? What's going on? Well, change is a good thing. Now, when it's going this way, so make you stand and walk with me. Whatever happened to in God we trust. Whatever happened to freedom making us? Whatever happened to saluting those stars? And hands over our hearts. We all fighting the same fight as me. Oh, this is God's country. Turned on the evening news when I came home from work. It's all about destruction and pain and hurt. Oh, men and women are sacrificing for each and every day. But when they're in need, we bow our heads and look away. Whatever happened to see the shine of sea? Whatever happened to the American dream? Whatever happened to a strong society and helping a brother in need? Are y'all fighting the same fight as me? Well, this is God's country. Whatever happened to in God we trust Whatever happened to freedom making us Whatever happened to saluting those stars 
and hands over our hearts. We all fighting the same fight as me. Whatever happened to in God we trust. Ow! Tell him what happened. Oh, no, he broke. He broke, broke a string. string. Broke I, a string. I broke a string on my fingers. So we're just go ahead and restring that. Right. Drink a beer. We're gonna take an intermission. It's we'll, not. We'll, it, it's not an Alan Carl show unless I break a string. Straight up. You, so, Alan, I want to. I want to start this session off that? with a song. So, what are you feeling, man? What? Uh, uh, I think we'll do some Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. Anyone got any any suggestions? Hold, speak now forever. Hold your peace. Okay. Tennessee whiskey. Cheers. Lady May. Get out of here, woman. (laughs) Tennessee whiskey. Alan Carl. Hell yeah. Used to spend my nights out in a barroom. Liquor was the only love I've ever known. But you rescued me from reaching for the bottom. It brought me back. From being too far gone You're as smooth As Tennessee whiskey And you're as sweet As strawberry wine You're as wild a glass of brandy Honey, I stay strong On your love all the time I've looked for love In all the same old places Find the bottom of the bottles always dry But when you poured out your heart, I didn't waste it Cause there's nothing like your love to get me high Yeah Said I see whiskey. Oh, you're as sweet as strawberry wine. You're as warm as a glass of brandy. Honey, I stay strong on your love all the time. 
Tennessee whiskey. Oh, Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. Hey, oh, it's Tennessee whiskey. Oh, Tennessee whiskey. Oh, Tennessee whiskey. Oh, all right. Oh man, that that was that Dude, was good. So that was that was you, awesome. Live recording, Craig. You got me. Okay, no, we're 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 good. So that was holy. Smokes. That was good. So you're in you're in Nashville. Things don't work out the way that you envisioned. You right. come back to Ohio. You're you're at this point. You're a big fish in a small pond. Right. So. You've got this idea to join or to, to go out and try for American Idol. So talk, talk about that, man. So, like, like what possessed you to do that? Kelly Clarkson called you, didn't she? She said, <laughs> Alan. Come I'm on, Alan, you. get up here. Come Sing Alan. American Idol. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly's cool. My, my daughters, the Purple Coat Mafia, they freaking love Kelly Clarkson. So, Well, um, <laughs> I actually... Um, so I got I got contacted by a management company out of Nashville, and they said, "Hey, we wanna we wanna just show you what we could do, um, so that maybe one day you'll sign to us." So I said, "Okay, well, what you got first? And they said, "Well, we're gonna set you up with a Zoom call with the American Idol representatives." I said, "Okay." I said, "I tried out for American Idol like two or three times before." I said, "I tried out for The Voice two or three times, and I never got on it." And uh, and so I, uh, I got a call from the management company, and they said, hey, you know, we really want to really get you on the show. And uh, they said, we think you're really good. We think you're um, able to. And I said, okay. So I, uh, I took the Zoom call with them, and uh, I played them a few songs, and they said, hey, we think you're a perfect fit for the show. We want to fly you out to California. I said, all right. So I want to I want to stop you there. So American Idol just isn't completely unscripted. Like you 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 talk to these people before you went out. Nothing is unscripted on American Idol. So um, so they flew me out to California, uh, and you know so American Idol is all scripted for the most part. Like the show part that you see, the behind the scenes, uh, like people auditioning and stuff where you see like the lines out the arena. That's just random people going and trying out. I'd say only about maybe like 20% of those people actually get on the show, and it's a very small amount. I, it might even be smaller than that. Uh, the percentages are just wild. Um, most of the people that are on the show um, either have a big social media following or some way or somehow they have an in with the people who are running the show. So, um, and that's where I kind of came in. I never really, you know, I tried out for these shows here and there, and I never really made it. Um, but then these guys hit me up and they said, hey, we'd like to put you on the show and we think that you're, you're good enough and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, why not? So I said, it's another avenue that I can get my name out there and stuff like that. So I fly out to California. It's called Ojai, California. It's O-J-A-I, California. And they brought us to this resort. 
and it's a golf resort, and it's really badass. I don't know exactly where it was um, in Ohio, California, but it was a really nice golf course. And um, this was all during the whole COVID thing. The bullshit. But anyway, um, so we get there. We had a quarantine for a day. And um, this was where, so I already auditioned for the representatives. They already said, yo, you know, the producers of the show. They said, we got you on the show. Like, you're going to be on the show. I said, okay. No. No, I didn't get the gold ticket yet. So I auditioned in Ohio, California. And I was in front of Luke Bryan, Katy Perry, and Lionel Richie. And how, how was that? Did you walk into that audition like, oh, shit, that's Luke Bryan, Lionel Richie, and Katy Perry? Or were you like, eh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do my best? So for me, so, uh, so I walked in, and, and, you know, I've opened up for a lot of big artists and stuff like that, and I've shaken hands with a lot of cool dudes and stuff throughout my career. And, you know, just being in front of those people, it's just like the way I see it since I'm in the game and I'm doing the thing is they're just at a higher level. They're just making more money. They're just at a higher level. They got more credentials under their belt. I'm in the same shoe as they are. They're just probably at the front of the shoe, and I'm in the middle of the shoe. So that's where I see myself. And so I walk in there. Anytime I meet, like, a famous person or anything like that, I'm always, you know, just – I like to – you, you got to make them feel like they're one of your boys or one of your homies, you know what I mean? Because the last thing they want is somebody to come up to them and be like, oh, my God, you look brown and stuff like that. Because, honestly, I don't think that about Luke Bryan. So I walked into the room. I walked into the room, and uh, you know I saw him, and I, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, uh, I had denim on denim, which was you know my denim jeans, denim jacket. I so what's in. that called? Denim on denim. It's what a Canadian tuxedo. Atta boy. So I walk in, and Luke Bryan goes, "Oh, Canadian tuxedo." And I'm like, yeah, all right, I guess. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "So what you gonna say for us today?" And I'm like, uh, "Midnight Train to Memphis" by Chris Stapleton. Lionel Richie's like, really? And Katie was like, that's a tall order. And I said, well, I'm about to fill it for you. So I hit it, and I'm stomping my boots. I'm stomping my boots, and I'm doing, you know, all the things that I needed to do. And just being an entertainer, like, I am, you know what I mean? And uh, I get done the song, and they're just like, you need to tone it down. I'm like, tone it down? Do you know where I'm come from? Like, Do you know who I am? What, what'd you, you, know you just, what'd you just say to me? You said right. tone. And I'm like, tone it down. Well, this is the thing. I think I think they saw like um, some of the covers that I did on Instagram and Facebook of like the pop covers and stuff. And um, I always like to put my own spin on it and like, you know, make it my own and stuff. And I think that's what they were trying to like mold me to be, push me in that direction. So Luke Brown was like, well, what's another song that you could sing? And I said, um, I think it was Lee Bryce's Rumor. So I sang that. There's a rumor going around about me and you. So I sang that song, and Luke was like, that's what I'm talking about. And Lionel was like, I think, Lionel Richie said this to me. He said, I think you're the next biggest thing in country music. That's pretty, that's pretty big. Were you, were, did your head explode when Lionel, like, Lionel Richie said that. Were you oh, like, yeah. oh my god? Kind of like I, this deal. is it. This is the yeah. moment I've been waiting for. Yeah, this was, is it. I was kind of like floored at that point. And uh, Kate, uh, Lionel, Lionel said, "Yes, I want you to go forward." Katie said, "No, I think you know it's just not. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just not like it's just not something that she wanted to, I guess, have me do." And then Luke was like, "Yeah, I want you to go." He said, "Pack your bags, going to Hollywood." So I went over to the wall, grabbed my ticket, still have it. Um, 
and I went to Hollywood. So after two months, after two months of hiatus uh, from doing the show, um, they flew me out to Hollywood. Okay. This was in 2020. So this is like peak COVID, man. Like, oh, this like is peak all COVID. the restrictions are coming in. Yeah, I mean, face masks. Um, you know, you're getting your temperature checked every day. Um, you're, you're getting tested for COVID and crap. And it was just, for me, for me being where I come from and who I am as a person, it was all very stupid to me. I just was like, I'm here to play music, and I really don't care about all this bullshit. So I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Let's, hey, let's, if, if you're willing, yeah. Lee Bryce, rumor going around. You want to play that right now? I can play it for you. Let's do it. And then we're going to dive into the end of it. We'll dive into it. And then we're going to play some music. Girl, you know I've known you forever. How many nights have we hung out together? Same little crowd, little bar, little town, round the soul dance floor. My boys are laughing, tap me on the shoulder. Making a motion like a jaw get any closer. They wanna know what's up, but I'm so holding you. Even when the song is over, cause there's a rumor going round about me and you. Stirring up a little time Last week or two So tell me why we even Try to deny this feeling Feel it, don't you feel it too? Cause there's a rumor going round and round and round What you say we make it true? Make it true Shut them down, tell them all the crazy I can do whatever you want me to do, baby You could lay one on me right now We could really give them something to talk about Cause there's a rumor going round About me and you Stirring up a little town Last week or two So tell me why we even Try to deny this feeling Feel it, don't you feel it too? There's a rumor going round and round and round What you say we make it true I make it true There's a rumor going round about me and you Stirring up a little town Last week or two So tell me why we even try to deny this feeling Feel it, don't you feel it too? There's a rumor going round and round and round Would you say we make it true? Make it true Thank you. All right, Alan, Paul, and I just, if 
as a musician, if there was a song that you could play, any song, yeah, go. Now, play it. Any song. Any song. What what song is your favorite song to play? <laughs> and it could be one of yours. I, that's not that's not what I'm asking. Like, or it could be, you name it. That the song that moves Alan Carl more than anything else. Honestly, it'd probably be um, another Chris Stapleton song. Do it, dude. Hit it. <laughs> All right. I need Paul here to, like, tell the story. So, like, uh, yeah. uh, surprise. No, he's not. He's talking, which is not a surprise either. So, I mean, if you want, I can string, I can uh, sing Strawberry Wine uh, and everybody will leave. Little Deanna Carter. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> if you guys know this one, it's called Nobody to Blame. She took down my photograph of our wedding day. I it down the middle and threw my half away. And I've got nobody to blame but me. Yeah, I've got nobody to blame but me. She broke all my fishing rods, threw my guns in high. Threw my clothes out in the yard and chased out of the locks And I've got nobody to blame but me Oh yeah, I've got nobody to blame but me I know right, yeah, I went wrong I know just what Fired up her old hot ride, ran it in the pond. Put sugar in my jotty, rockin' even more my lawn. And I've got nobody to blame but me. Oh, yeah, I've got nobody to blame but me. She built her own bonfire with my old six string. Took all my good whiskey and poured it down the drain And I've got nobody to blame but me Yeah, I've got nobody to blame but me I know right
you're you're at the end end of like how far did you get in the process of, all right of so um so i sang rumor right uh for the judges they gave me the golden ticket uh two-month hiatus and then you'd go to hollywood california um the adobe theater and uh walking into that place was crazy um i got pictures on my phone and it's just nuts how it's set up and um, during COVID, the only audience you had was the judges and your competitors. So um, it kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie. So, like, you get all amped up. You're like, I'm on American Idol. You know, two years ago, you are performing in front of right. you know, 20,000 people. Right. And you've got 12 people. You know, however many it is. Like, did that, did that affect the – So, yeah. Like, your so, performance? For sure. Um, you know – when, when I play when I play my shows, um, I have a ritual kind of thing that I do. Um, I do a beer and I do a shot of any kind of whiskey, and um, that usually gets me, you know, where I need to be. And uh, obviously, for American Idol, there was no alcohol. There was nothing like that. Um, I was 27 at the time. Uh, yeah, I was 27. So it was yeah, it was 2020. But I think it was on the back end because I'm 28 now. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so it's totally different. Um, when you have a crowd that comes and sees you play at shows, you know what I mean, and they're invested in what you got going on with your career, and they're there to party and have a good time, um, all those nerves and worries and doubts and everything that you have in your mind go away because you're surrounded by people who just want to see the best for you. They're just having a good time. They're just having a good time. If they're there to have a good time, for sure. And that's, I mean... Hell, that's why we go out and have fun, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we like to drink and we like to have fun, party, and have a good time. And, um, you know, that's what I'm used to. And that's what I, you know, that's what I kind of built my career off of was just having a good time with the people that like to have a good time with me. So with American Idol, you know, you go out on stage and, uh, you know, you just got the judges in front of you. You got these cameras in your face and these bright lights and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And I'm not saying that down the road in the future that I'm not going to be, you know, hip to that. But... At the moment that I was in my career, um, it, I was at a spot where it was just, that was very new to me. And I, was, I wasn't, I didn't brush up on my skills with, you know, doing interviews and being in front of cameras and blah, blah, blah. That was all new to me. That was very foreign to me. So, I, you know, so this is what happened, right? So I'm in, I'm in Hollywood, right? And, uh, you know, you got to wear a mask everywhere you go. It's a bunch of bullshit. So, um... And, and if, listeners, if you guys don't know, I'm very conservative, and I love my country, my guns, and my God. So if you guys have something wrong with that, don't come out to my shows and don't even follow me. So Just, <laughs> just click click off the podcast. Click off the right? podcast right now because you ain't <laughs> On this episode, at least. Though. That's right. So, Fair enough. Right. Uh, but that's where I come from, and that's, that's my values. And I, I don't change who I am for nobody. So, um, you know, the people who follow me that want to be invested in what I got going on, that's that's what it is. So anyway, um, so I'm in Hollywood and I'm backstage and I'm behind the curtain in the Adobe Theater. And you got to I mean, if I showed you this stage, it's it's huge. It's huge. The stage is huge. I mean, you could literally so she said for sure. Um, you could literally did. Did everyone hear that? What? OK, I just want to make sure because it was kind of muffled. OK, keep keep <laughs> rolling, Alan. Sorry. It's all good. So I'm backstage, right? And I got the producer right next to me, and he's like, for country genre, Alan, you're going to go first. I said, okay, well, shit, that's a lot of pressure. So 
and I'm not going to cookie cut this shit at all. Like, this is the way it happened. So before I even got into that room, before I even got backstage in that <laughs> arena, I was in my hotel room the night before. And I was going to sing Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers. And I was going to sing no that song. Sunshine for that. Winter, right? That one? Ain't no sunshine when she's okay, gone. Okay, so, so fact, you're Paul, better at singing better than, than I am. <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. So, Keep going. So I was going to sing that song, right? And I know that song to the T. I mean, you know, it, it's just one of those songs that I could just go off the top of my head. Sing it for us. Give us like like, a, like, like 30 seconds of it. Oh, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Oh, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. She's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Something like that. That's, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> damn, that's pretty good. So that's, that's better so, than my rendition. So keep going so, with the story. So that was the first song that I was going to sing, right? So I'm on the phone with somebody. I'm not going to say who it is, but I'm on the phone with somebody, and they, and it was late at night. It was 11 o'clock, and I'm, I'm going back and forth, and I'm saying, should I sing this song? You know, the last time I was in the front of the judges, um, you know, they said that I was too gritty. I was too, like, rough. And they wanted, like, smoother. And I was like, all right, I'll change the song. So I texted the producer that night at, like, 1130. And I said, can I change the song? And she said, yeah, you can change the song. Just, you know, there's, there's a song list that was, that's been approved by the show that you can sing, you know, these songs that were, was approved. So I go down the list and I go, oh, there's a song that I kind of know, but I really don't. But I kind of know it. And I could probably learn it in a few hours. So it was The Truth by Jason Aldean. Tell them all I'm on vacation. Give us 30 seconds. No, we'll, we'll get in there. Say I went to visit friends. But you ain't heard a saying from me in quite a while. But when they ask you where I've been, tell them all I'm on the West Coast where it don't ever rain. And that I'm probably doing fine. Doing, doing. Well, just don't tell them I've gone crazy. I'm still strung out over you. Tell them anything you want to. Just don't tell them all the truth. Well, don't tell them all the truth. Yeah, so like Hold on. So they give you... <laughs> First of all, that's amazing. And so they give you, like, Songs that you have to pick from. Pick That's from. insane. I thought yeah. this was like if, all organic, man. Like, I mean, what if, do they give you a, a whole lineup, or right. is it one of these things like they're yeah. like, what if they give you like Ludacris and Juvenile and well, like, exactly. Bruno Mars? You know, like Bruno Mars songs. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. So like, you know, if it's like Judge's Choice, say they have that category that year, that season, and it's Judge's Choice, and you know, like the voice. You know what I mean? They, the the coach, you know, says to them. Hey, we're gonna do this song by Mariah Carey, or you know, whoever. You know, um, I mean, I, me and Mariah Carey are like kind of like kind of close. Sing, animals how, Mutz, how about you sing some Mariah Carey? Let's yeah, do. Let's it. do that. Seriously. Can you do that? Give it a few more minutes, okay? I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Okay, right. I, I I literally know He's one like Mariah Carey song. On. That's a Christmas song. A That's sick it. Sick falsetto. Don't even Let's go there. <laughs> so. So, right, so you got a song list, and you got to pick from it. 
Now, if you're so there's a lot of songs. Trust me, it's like a catalog of songs. I mean, every song you could think of, it's probably on there, unless it's like something new age that it hasn't hit that list yet. So, but if you had a song like that and you'd get it approved by the producer and the producer would hit up the management company or the artist, say I wanted to sing a Luke Combs song and, and, and that song wasn't on the list. So I'd go to my producer of the show and I'd say, hey, I'd really like to sing this song. Can we get it approved? She said, yeah, let me hit up their management or the artist and ask them if it's okay for you to put this song on the show. Nine times out of ten, you're going to get approved because that's publicity for the artist and their team and their management and everything else, their label. So I picked The Truth by Jason Aldean. Uh, I'm, behind the, I'm behind the curtain. The producer goes, all right, three, two, one, you're, you're ready to go? And I said, yeah, I guess. So mind you, I'm sober as a goose. Sober. I'm sober, which I sing better when I'm a little lit. I'm not going to lie. Um, that's just me, but uh, and I, I think that's a lot of a lot of artists nowadays. I mean, we just you got to take that edge off, you know what I mean? And um, a lot of times, like before this, I was a little, I was a little nervous. I you know I've only done this probably two or three times, um, podcast, but I was also on like T100 and stuff like that, and talking to different people. And so we're nervous. not your we're not your first podcast. You're my oh, first podcast. No, you are my first podcast. Oh, son of a bitch. I was, okay, I was, good. Look at us, buds. First podcast. The Virgin Run. Hell yeah, yeah man. T100. But anyway, um, so first inter- like podcast interview with you guys, but first interview, no. Um, but So I'm backstage, right? We're going back to American Idol at the Adobe Theater, Hollywood, California. This is like the... Like, in your mind, you're like, this is it. Well, well, I said no? to, to myself, I said, this is this is uh, another stepping stone in my career. You know, if I do it, I do it. If I don't, good. So, um, I'm backstage. The producer goes, you ready? Three, two, one. Okay. He opens up the curtain. I walk out. I see the judges. I see the big-ass arena. I see all the lights. And I'm like, I mean, did you, did you like freeze up or were you like, all right, it's it's game time. Let's go. No, no. Game time was not on my mind. Um, what was on your mind? Nothing. Tell the truth. Nothing. So you what, were, you, like, were you about to pass out? Like, no, like I, what was the I was blind. like, well, were you like, oh, okay. shit, I'm going back to Mount Vernon, Ohio. <laughs> well, or what were you? What were you thinking? I think hunting and being on stage in front of people for me is two different things. But. So how is it two different things, well, man? Like if you've got if you've I'm, got a one like a massive buck in front I of you, if got a two hundred inch buck in front of me, over it's the same thing. It's controlling emotion. That's all it is. Like yeah. how is it different? Well, it's what's that? It's it's different. It's different in the sense of you're 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 making yourself gratified. You know what I mean? You're you're pleasing yourself with hunting. You know, you shoot that big buck. That's something on your shoulders. Um, when you're in front of a lot of people, you're trying to please them with what you're doing. So you're like feeding off the audience. Which there was no audience. So I was going to say, yeah. there was no audience. So what were you feeding off of? Like, was exactly. it just it was just internal? Like, it was dry dude, air. I need to nail this. Yeah. That's because this is the moment I've been, this is the moment I've been looking for. I need to reach up and grab it. I just didn't. Uh, you know, and I why, think. Why? Why? What happened? i tell you the truth, and I'm a religious guy, no matter how much I curse sure. or whatever like that. Um, you know, I think it was. It was a God moment for me. I okay. think it was something that um, came over me and made me 
mess up. So I'm going to tell you what happened. So I'm singing The Truth by Jason Aldean. I go out to the microphone, right? And Luke Bryan goes, hey, what's the next song? What's the song you're singing? I said, hey, I'm Alan Carl, 27 years old. I'm going to sing The Truth by Jason Aldean. Luke Bryan goes, go ahead. I said, okay. My guitar was way out of tune. I tuned it to the T backstage. I go out to that mic, and it was so out of tune, it was bad, like bad, bad. And I started the song, and it was so out of tune that my mind just went like, I'm shitting the bed, I'm shitting the bed, I'm shitting the bed. And I go and, I go and hit the chord, and it was so out of tune, and I go, I was going to sing the second verse to the chorus, to the bridge, to the chorus, and finish. And I started out, and I said, you know, the second verse, I think, is, um, tell them all I'm, tell them all, yeah, tell them all on vacation. No, is it? No. Till the so Anything you want to tell them. No, I don't, no, that's not it. But anyway, either way. Um, so I biffed it. I biffed it. I, I started singing it, and then I was like, Till the And then I, I, like, stepped back, and I started jumping up and down, trying to get my nerves out, and Katy Perry's like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. And I'm like, nobody's going to tell me how to get the nerves out of my body. The last thing I want is you to tell me what to do because now my nerves are going to be spiking. Now my anxiety is going to go through the roof because now you're telling me what to do. And did I don't deal with that. Did you say that to Katy Perry? No, we were like, listen, woman. If she listens to this podcast, she's going to realize real quick. I can say with 100% well, certainty, Katy Perry will not listen to this podcast. Well, who knows? Who really knows? I mean, you don't she's know. Not gonna- <laughs> I'll, she's well, I'll not going to listen to it, I promise. I'll tag so, her every day of so the year. So, funny story, Katy Perry is my get-out-of-jail-free card with my wife. So Good luck. Actually, actually look at me. Katy Perry, get-out-of-jail-free card, right? We've talked about this for literally nine years. Because she knows it'll never happen. It is my get-out-of-jail-free card. So, yeah. Katy Perry, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Monopoly. Yeah. You are Show more up. than welcome. <laughs> you are more than welcome to come Show on up. over. And uh, experience, uh, you know. <laughs> He's going to be in full strut. I can't strut even get through this. Up. I can't. We're going to have him in full strut. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a water bottle. At least I didn't piss myself this time. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Keep talking. So, so I start the song back up. So I start the song back up, and I finish the song. Long story short. Long story short. I get sent home after Hollywood because I, I biffed it. But in hindsight, um, it was actually good because I just met with a management company two weeks ago in Nashville, and they said, how far did you go on American Idol? And I said, to Hollywood. And they said, oh, thank God. They're like, we didn't want you to go any farther because, honestly, it's really hard to get out of those contracts, and we didn't want to mess with anybody who's in those contracts. So, like like the Simon Cowell contracts? Like that guy? Or Dude, what? He's been out of it for like ten years. All right, so Simon Cowell. Yeah, okay, yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I look, I, at, look purple, purple coat. But he's yeah. like, the, he's like, controlling it, right? Simon Cowell's controlling this shit, right? Is he? I don't know. I don't know. You're, I mean, literally, you were in it. Not I'm for just long. the guy that's googling American Idol, Alan Carl. I mean, not for long. I wasn't in it for long, but I'm actually. No, yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. So I got off the show, and. Um, so I, you got off the show, or you were voted off the show? I was show. voted off the show. Luke okay, Ryan looked so at me. He was so he was so pissed. He was like, "Yeah, he was like, dude, uh, like." So Lionel like, Richie and Katy Perry were like, "Eh, you're not my guy." 
yeah, yeah, everybody said kind of no, and, you know, you, you went up there in line, and they, they voted everybody off, or, you know, a few people off and whatever like that. And then I walked down, you know, the, the stairs and stuff to go out, and uh, Katie's like, hey, Alan, you need to come back next year and audition. I said, eh, I don't know about it. Did you get a hug? Did you get a hug from Katie Perry? Anybody. No, I don't need the recognition from anybody. No? Yeah, I'm building okay. my pyramid in my, yeah, my house enough. by myself. Oh, I love that. Not by myself. I got a good team. I got a guy, and I want to plug his uh, YouTube right now. Um, it's called All About Sneakers, and he's an entrepreneur, and he sells sneakers, and he sells a bunch of different things. Um, and he's an awesome guy, awesome Blanton. Um, I got I got a good team behind me, and uh, you know I got I got some a great team behind me. I got some booking agents and stuff now, and we're we're on some big shows, and we're doing the biggest things in country music right now. And uh, I got another song coming out soon. It's a single. It's called Put On. I was just in the studio doing that. And, um, you know, that's about to release. So um, we got a lot of cool things on the horizon. Release date. When is it? No preview. However. All right. So we've got. So so I have the I had this idea. Less than 24 hours ago about doing this, doing the show, doing it live. I came I came directly here to the Granville Brewing and Tap Room because I, I've, I've come here. I love the beer here. I love the people. I love the vibe. Get up here. Atmosphere for sure. So this is the owner of the Granville Tap Room. Tell us. Give us your name. Uh, my name is Ross Kirk. Um, I own Granville Brewing Company. So, Ross, I started losing my hair at 24, and I am super jealous of the mop of hair that you have. It is, it is, it is full gray, awesome beard, oh, yeah. fantastic. So, Ross, hair aside, when did you, uh, when did you start brewing beer here in, in Granville? Uh, we started brewing beer professionally here in 2013. Uh, we distributed locally ourselves and then opened the tap room in uh, December of 18. So. so when when I came in here yesterday, and this is literally less than 24 hours from when I was in here, I talked to your brewmaster, Pinto, and I, I told him what we wanted to do. And he called you on speakerphone, and the only thing you said was, well, as long as they're drinking beer, they can come in. So awesome. I, I think we've drank a ton of beer. Uh, so, I Ross, so thank too. you. Thank I you for so your time. Yeah. Where where can people find you on social media? Uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Granville Beer Cup. Garnville Brewing Company. Um, we don't really spam you a lot. We just give you the tap list and the food trucks, and it's pretty laid back here. Great patio in the summertime. Great outdoor space and a pretty cozy tap room. But uh, there's Alan, a tic tac. There's a tic tac toe tic tac toe game that me, you, months, Allie and Ashley played for hours. And it is fantastic. So a lot of competition. I didn't want to lose. You didn't want to lose. You know, it was, it, it was good. So it, it, at this point in the night, man, I, I want Alan to, to play us a couple of songs. Ross, thank you for opening thank us you, this up to us, man. I, I really appreciate it. Short notice. You know, I, I really want want people to come here and, and drink the beer because it is fantastic. It is so. fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, Paul. So, it's great. Ross, I thank you, man. I, I, and again, Alan, sounded fantastic thank tonight. You, Ross, so. No, it was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was really short notice. Alan, you've got... You know, when when we were when we were at the the Heath Sanders uh, concert, yeah. you you made this statement. Shout you said, out to Heath Sanders, one of my boys. Heath Sanders, he coming on a little later. Um, you were like, you know what? Remember my name. Remember my name. So I, I the Sweet. last question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. You've got this this 
this idea, this dream in your mind, mm-hmm. and it is to be a country music superstar. Sure. And you have grind and like you ground yourself into the ground yeah. over ten years. Yeah. And what are you going to do in the next couple of years? Because man, you you are really good. Thank your you. music is fucking awesome. Thank you. And your personality is great. Your energy is great. Man, like, awesome. like, so what? Like in the next couple of years, man. What What are you looking to do? We got a lot of cool things coming up. Um, you're gonna hear it first right now. Um, opening up for Michael Ray, April 29th at the Bluestone in Columbus, Ohio. That's big. Boom. Um, I'll in, in May. In May, I'll be in uh, Woodstock, Georgia, opening up for Rodney Atkins. Um, and uh, classic. Rodney Atkins is a classic. And we're uh, we're going back and forth with uh, Larry Fleet right now. Uh, okay. To get on, get on the show with him. So. I like Larry Fleet. We got a lot of cool things coming up, um, but the main focus is hustle, hustle, hustle. No. Until you can't do it anymore. No. And I think that is the American dream of making it happen and getting off your ass and making it happen because nobody's going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. And you want people that believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself – Nobody's going to get behind you. No, I, 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 I agree with you 100%, man. And, and when Ashley and, and I saw you at Flanagan's in January of 2022, cool. I was like, holy shit, this guy's got it. Thank you. And the drive and the mentality. And that's what it's about, man. It's about mentality and it's it's just getting through and weeding through the bullshit. And you fucking got it, man. Thank you got the voice. You got the talent. And I am pulling for you 100%. You so Anything I can do to help you. And I am nobody. In that world, man. And and I I appreciate you. So I I want you to give us like two or three songs at the end, if you would, man. man. What's up, bro? I want want that Jason Aldean song. The truth. truth. Yeah, the truth. You're goddamn right. So so everyone has cleared out. It's just the listeners here. No, no, there's a a full crowd. There's a huge crowd. Alan, I want you to melt, man. I got you. so O2 Podcast, you can find us at on Twitter at Ohio Hunt, uh, the dot O2 dot podcast on Instagram and the number one, the number one social media, Instagram, Twitter, go wild. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram, Facebook, everything else. Um, Alan Carl Country. Um, I have a website, Alan Carl Country dot com. Um, I am my own business. I have my own stuff um, and I'm doing this full time. And, um, you know, I'd really enjoy it if you guys could get behind a local guy or if you guys just go on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and see my songs and like my songs, come and follow the journey. It's just um, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you got to see to believe, you know. So hope you guys enjoy this one. It's The Truth by Jason Aldean. Till I'm all I'm on vacation Oh, see, I went to visit friends You ain't heard a saint from me in quite a while When they ask you where I've been Till I'm all I'm on the West Coast where it don't ever rain 
that I'm probably doing fine. Well, just don't tell them I've gone crazy. Tell them all I'm out in Vegas Blowing every dollar I ever made And tell them that I must be into something bad for me Cause I sure lost a lot of weight Tell them I'm out on the road Some old rock and roll bank A little like a gypsy chain And just don't tell them I've gone crazy So we've got we've got one song left here uh, at, at the Grand Brew Brewery and Tap Room. You guys are all right with that? One more song. Play the most meaningful song to you, man. Something that like like forged you. There's got to be something. Dead air. He's thinking. All right, I got it. <coughs> It's not. It's not. Well, Bobby played his guitar on the other side of town. It's hard for a poor boy to find some money. He had dedication, he had the heart and soul. 
I bet your ass I'll be something someday. <laughs> <laughs> 